Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode is brought to you by Microbiz Game. Currently fundraising on a Kickstarter platform. And it needs all the help it can get. Pledges as low as a dollar. And they are trying to help you bring back family game nights. So check out Microbiz Game on Twitter. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalou, the writer-director of The Agent. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hallboy Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, everybody. This is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey, guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. The From Page to Screen Movie Hey. Take two. Yay, it seems you're working now. (laughs) We're good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Welcome to the Neil Johnson podcast. No, I'm not renaming it. But every time, every time we've done a podcast over the past two or three weeks, I've always got a message from Neil Johnson, the filmmaker. Going, thanks for the, thanks for the shout out. So seriously pondering it, remaking the the show into the Neil Johnson podcast. So. I'm sure he would not mind at all. Yeah. But you get people complaining, going, "He's not on it." I'm like, "No, but he's here in spirit. He does listen." Right. So he he's busy color grading um, oh, wow. his film. How big a job and how painstakingly t- exhausted is color grading something oh it is the it's a huge pain in the ass because you think you have it and i i tend to do everything uh just by looking at it you know what i mean and i always try to make sure that all the cameras are white balanced and everything at the beginning of every scene and uh still some things go awry sometimes it's just the way the light bounces off one uh, you know, in one direction versus another. And yeah, so you think, okay, I've got it, man. This looks beautiful. And then you go look at another scene, which is maybe a little more, has a, more of a, a slight blue tint. And then you go back to what should be neutral and it looks like urine. So you're just like, shit, I've got to <laughs> do it again. So yeah. Now, there are people who are just magic with it and they have the uh, deluxe, uh, whatever, control board where they have the uh, the three little, uh, it's, it's almost like some of those old games that we used to play at the arcade where, you know, just like these spinning dials and they'll just sit there and look and click and, and then the whole scene is gorgeous. And then I, I think both Adobe and uh, uh, as well as uh, Final Cut, um, I think both of them have some sort of uh, add-on where, you know, more or less the computer will think it's correct. You know, like, oh, this is beautiful now. And and still, that's all subjective, too, because I don't think computers can, you know, until we hit that AI where it's like, yes, this is truly uh, a good, you know, uh, color mix and everything, then, yeah, it, I don't think that should be left in the hands of computers. So. Which, um, which Adobe? Which oh, it's um, the uh, Premiere. Uh, the whole, All right. I'm, I sign up for the entire cloud. So pretty much whatever I need to do, including when I'm like, hey, 
I think I should do a iPhone app, which, yeah, that's insane. But anyway, they even have apps, you know, like programs to help you do that. Now, you still have to know a lot, which I don't in that arena. So, but I'm, I'm reading, I'm watching some YouTube videos. It should up. be. This should be like you dump all the video in a timeline. Right. This is so, so, so. I'll give the idea. Somebody can invent it, and then we'll go fifty-fifty on the profits. Right. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, dump it all in a timeline. Select all. Go to a drop-down menu right. and go. Hmm. Tony Scott. Bang. <laughs> and it makes it all look like a Tony Scott film. That would. And then slick. you press render, and then it's done in about half an hour. Right now, the downside oh, to it, you know, render issues and how long. <laughs> they do make some filters where it's like, you know, now granted, you have to have a well-rounded uh, beginning, right? Because some people, you know, let's face it, they, they will overexpose or underexpose. Then they want to take what, what that which is not a completely beautiful, well-balanced, perfect shot, if you will, and then slap some filters on there. And they wonder why it doesn't look like Tony Scott when they're using a the Tony Scott filter. But there are filters out there, and you slap them in there, and you're like, wow, this looks amazing. And then your render time is quadrupled. So, yeah, it's like, all right, I'm going to leave this rendering. Hope the computer doesn't crash, and I'll look at it in the morning. So, I'm never showing you my film. I just point the camera <laughs> in the general direction, press record. But it's, that's it. it's a documentary, man. That's, that's, it the, is. that's the beauty of it all. It's kind of like it's not only a documentary. It's an independent documentary, which means – even more curved grade on, man. So now I'm looking very forward to um, to checking it out. And it has nothing to do with my inclusion in the back end credits with a picture. It has nothing to oh, do with that, man. It's no, everything to do with the told. story being told, right? <laughs> your, uh, your, your design is the poster on the IMDb, which is up there, and, and <laughs> the banners, and it's all John Fouts work. Ah, so. Well, thanks, man. Hey, and by the way, thank you for telling me that IMDb will allow you to add poster art for free because they used to yeah. charge stupid fees, man. And then, you know, it's like you pull up uh, the you know, IMDb.me forward slash John Fouts. And it's just like, hey, there's two posters and then like these windows where there should be posters. Now they're all filled in. Thanks to you telling me that it was free because I'm frugal as hell. And um, you are so, so much. Yeah, <laughs> well, you have to be. And because uh, we're <laughs> podcasters, you know? <laughs> but the uh, but anyway, but it was cool in that I just had a little free time. I don't get hired to do Photoshop as much as I used to. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to come up with some different posters for movies that I didn't even, you know, there was never a poster for. So anyway, even Nerds of Steel has a poster. It looks like a low rent kind of like, ah, damn, this is uh, the Walmart uh, best buy bin uh kind of artwork it's kind of like ah we have to have something so but anyway it is what it is but um but and then it gets better from there all the way to uh trim reaper uh i there's always been a very nice and i do have a large size if anyone would like to request it i will send you the digital file and you can print a full-size movie poster for gorilla and it's uh vanel's torso uh lighting a cigar off of a burning camera so anyway, it's kind of fantastic. So yeah, t- tweet tweet at John Fouts or at Waxing Cinematic. Actually, is a better one. Tweet at Waxing Cinematic and uh, request that poster, and and John may yeah may do it. But as we know, people don't enter sort of competitions no, that they can win. They, they don't bother. But this one, this one isn't even a competition. I'll just give it to you, and I will not it. hear from anyone. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'll do it. Send it to me later on today. Okay, I'll, I'll do it, it, man. So that's that's one. All right. Yep, <laughs> and uh, hopefully Neil Johnson can, uh, right, can tweet right. as well, uh, just to prove he, just to prove he, he does actually listen. Because right. I mean, he might just go, "Yeah, I listen to it," and then 
but no, he does. He does listen. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I was chatting to him or on uh, Twitter, and he's prepping for San Diego Comic Con as well. Yeah. But me going as press, he's going as guest. Oh, so he's nice. prepping to do poster signings, and I think he's doing a panel. Uh, I don't know who he's got hosting it. Hint, hint, Neil. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, I'm sure he's got a moderator already, but he's very busy because I sort of said, oh, I'm looking forward to um, one of the things that I'm going to include in the film because the, the schedule comes out two weeks before each day. So yesterday being Thursday, we got the Thursday schedule. Today being Friday, we get the Friday schedule later on today and so on. There is nine pages worth of things just for the Thursday. Mm-hmm. Nine pages. This is just a list. This isn't even like a full paragraph on each thing. This is a nine-page list of things that are just going on on the Thursday. Wow. It's nuts. And one of them stuck out like a sore thumb to me, and it was it said Snowden. So I'm like, ooh, uh-huh. wonderful. And they're doing the Oliver Stone thing. And Oliver Stone's going to be at the Comic-Con, his first ever Comic-Con appearance. <laughs> so part of my film is going to be entitled The Hunt for Oliver Stone because really, I'm a massive Oliver Stone fan. Yeah. And I want to... F- get into the panel, which is in Hall H. Good luck on that one for me, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, listen to the part and possibly even meet Oliver Stone. So that is one of my challenges to try and get in there. You know what um, ev- yeah, everybody's going batshit crazy to like go see Marvel and Star Wars. Right. And I'm like, nope, I want to go get into the Snowden panel. <laughs> I'm hoping I do actually do it. That is cool, man. So I'm almost envisioning that you have one documentary about you know your experiences at these different conventions. You have yet another documentary, um, In Search of Snowden, or whatever the title was that you just dropped, that I was in the middle of looking up Neil Johnson, who it's yep. director Neil Johnson, but his it's, but it's Morpheus film, not mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, at Neil Johnson. So anyway, I actually yeah, found no, it. Morpheus film, yep. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, so the film he's color graded is Rogue Warrior Robot Fighter. Is that the um, one with the, the high the, chick on the planet? Of uh... <laughs> uh, with Tracy Birdsall in it, yes. Okay. So she listens to the podcast as well, really? so she now knows you think she's a hot chick. Yeah. So well, I do. She's yeah. right there on the banner, and you know, it's. Um, I guess sometimes I do sound a bit shallow, but it's kind of <laughs> like whenever Jake starts bringing up uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I'm like, "All right, which one had the hot nurse?" Okay, and of course, now I realize that was Dream Warriors. It was the third one. I, I get all that now, but. Back uh, five years ago when Jake and I, whenever we would discuss uh, any kind of uh, Freddy movie, it was like, yeah, which one had the hot chick? I like that one. So anyway, yeah. So. But yeah, I've just looked at the poster and that is Tracy you're referring to. Oh, cool. So yeah. No. Feel free, to, feel free to go red in the face any moment you wish, Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie simply because... Hot chick on a planet. You have a spaceship looming, and evidently some planet that's on fire. So, and, and I'm sure I, I've underestimated the gravity of everything. So, but I, I look forward to seeing the movie. So, it was I had sort of discovered. Well, I didn't really discover Neil Johnson. I'm sure people knew about him before I discovered him. But he showed up on my radar because he'd done a couple of films with Brooke Lewis, right? Who I sort of met online years ago on a podcast interview and we've stayed friends ever since so she was in starship rising and then that's how i discovered the name of neil johnson and he's moved on so it's just like a big it's like an expanding spider web (laughs) of discovering (laughs) films which on one hand is fun but it gets really hard work when you're trying to watch all these films from everybody and it's like ah so sometimes you just got to scale it back right well otherwise if they're a common theme like you know on 
TV, I was watching Gotham. I don't do that anymore. But I mean, there's Gotham, there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's uh, both The Flash, and then uh, Arrow, and then uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So at one point, there was a governor race on like three of them. And I was getting confused. I was like, oh shit, wait a minute. He's going to be running against, no, two different shows. So yeah, after a while, man, it all blends. And I I was thinking, you know, I'm going to have to drop one Gotham done. So Yeah, I mean, I... I was tempted to drop Gotham, but I was about three episodes from the end of season two. And I thought, you know what? I've made it this far. I might as well just crawl to the finish line. <laughs> and it's just, it has lost something. Um, next year, they're recasting Poison Ivy. She's not 14 anymore. She's now 19. You're like, come on. Well, I, I think you know. some more um, titillation there. You know what I mean? Not from me, but yeah, I'm yeah. just saying no. that's the way shows think. It's like, oh, well, she's a little girl. She's supposed to be sexy and have that pheromone thing going on and controlling, you know. So, you know, like I say, they'll probably, it, it's a product implementation thing where it's miracle grow. And she's like, yeah. So I'm going to step out of the miracle grow because I'm at a hot age, right? And and I'll get more viewers. So, yeah. Exactly. But no, I think I'm pretty much done with Gotham, I think. Which is a shame because I really like season one. Mm-hmm. Season one just had me. Yeah. It was my favorite show, you know, favorite new show, I think, of the year it came out a couple of years back. And season two was just, it wasn't terrible, right. but it was, it's not the sort of thing where I'm like, can't wait for the next episode. Well, you know, and I, I think they didn't, to me anyway, as a viewer, they didn't seem to have a firm grasp on what they were. So they came off a little campy and then they were like, oh, no, we need to dial that back. So instead of having like, you know, the old bam, boom, whatever, it was like bludgeon and blood and explosions. And, you know, I was like, OK, I mean, like I'm down with the violence. But on the other hand, it just seemed like it went from one uh, flavor to the next and not necessarily in a, a solid way, because, I mean, you can go to a restaurant, a good restaurant an Italian restaurant, if you will, and you can get different dishes, but they're all going to be in some way, um, you know, infused with the flavor of the restaurant. And I just felt like, you know, Gotham, I didn't know what I was going to get. And then I thought some of it was just kind of overacting. Uh, what's the Bullock? Was that his name? I think he was my favorite actor and character on there because he remained very consistent. Gordon, uh, that actor is great. But on the other hand, there were times when he just seemed (laughs) overpumped, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, go take a dump and come back, man. It's not that bad, you know. For God's sake, Bullock, what's the matter with you? It's like, what? I thought he was Batman at one point. I went, hello, Jim Gordon. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bullock is just like this this uh, alcoholic Buddhist, uh, you know what I mean? Very laid back, man. You know, you have to let everything flow, Jim. Let it go, man, you know. <laughs> and one of the best characters in the show, Penguin. But he was hardly in season two. There was yeah. very little Penguin, which was a shame. He was the main reason I really enjoyed season one. Yeah, he was amazing, but then I don't know how they sort of neutered him, mm-hmm. and he toddled off and hung out with Pee Wee Herman for a little while. <laughs> he did. I, I lost track after that. It was like when it got that. That was again getting more than a little ludicrous, almost like the old uh, Batman from the what was it sixties? I can't remember when it was. Uh, yep. Anyway, but yeah, it just started. You know, kind of like um, when when is this kind of weird? Uh, um, thing gonna stop, you know? When is he just gonna go ahead and kill them all? And I think that was when I stopped watching. Was when he he took care of his uh, his his family. And- I checked out, so yeah. I have finished Fear the Walking Dead season two, which I really like. That I did, a lot of people hammer it and don't like it, yeah. but I really enjoy it. It's such a good show. So are you? So. I mean, like you know, this is 
Universal out in California, which you'll be in San Diego. But I mean, have you and Annette thought about um, trekking northward and checking out the Walking Dead? Um, some sort of, you know, it's kind of like Jurassic World or whatever. But I mean, it's it's a part of Universal Studios tour where you actually get to walk through and see these zombies and and supposedly get scared. Um, I mean, there will probably be something like that at San Diego Comic Con. I think. Oh, um, you are right. Yeah, yeah. We they have all this because it's so confusing. I mean, over here in the UK with the smaller events, right? You go, you go to this building. And in this building, there will be two areas. You go over there and you can meet people and speak to them and get signatures. You go over there, you can buy stuff. Right. Done. It's it. You buy one ticket. But, son, I mean, I've never known an event that has a podcast that runs from April every week right through to the end of July, <laughs> updating you on all the information. Right. Nine-page nine schedule for Thursday. It's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. So I know it's just going to so overwhelm me, but right. in a good way. So have you uh, have you already converted it to a PDF that is editable and you can highlight things and, and no, have it on your I, iPad? I'm, I'm old school. I've printed it out. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do prefer sort of paperwork and stuff like that. So I've got lots of printouts yeah. and, and we're going to go through it um, once Sunday's out the way, which is when the final schedule will be out. I'm going to sit down and highlight things and right. whatnot. So I'm not actually taking my iPad. I'm going minimal technology because I pretty much think that once I've done all the filming for the day, I'll just collapse in a dead heat. <laughs> so I don't really, there's not going to be much tweeting going on from me while I'm out there, unless it's from my phone, which I'll still have email access and stuff. Right, but, right. Um, because I'm going under a press access thing, it's, I'm getting all these emails through. It's, it's amazing. I got one <laughs> through yesterday from a company saying, blah, 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 we're running this booth and we've got all these exclusives. So basically, they send them to me so that I can get a, a bit of research right. about what's going Maybe run an article on the website and so on. So it's that type of thing. And one of them was like, you can let me know if you want to attend and you could meet Stan Lee. And I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> But then looking at the small print, I could actually meet Stan Lee because he will be there, but it's only if I pick up my $125 oh. thing that I've pre-ordered. Right. So I'm like, I'd like to meet Stan Lee, but I ain't paying $125 for right. it. And they're not even mentioning the five-hour line that you have to wait through, right? Not at all. But I did get one early last week, I think, and it was from the PR people at Fox. And they were like, blah, 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 do we believe you're attending? But you knew it was a cop copy and pasting uh, <laughs> right. sent to, to all the press. Right. So however many of those are, I have no idea. But it was, um, there will be a Fox uh, breakfast and cast members from The Walking Dead and Outcast, which I've not yet seen Outcast, I'll quiz you on that in a minute, yeah. um, will be there. Would you like to attend? I thought, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> do me. So I replied <laughs> back thinking there's no way that, they're going to pick me right. because the grand scheme of things, I'm bigger than some websites and podcasters, but I ain't no CNN or right. Entertainment Weekly <laughs> or whatever. But what the hell you don't ask, you don't get. And right. I've got my acceptance. So I will be having breakfast with some of the cast members of The Walking Dead, which is <laughs> really bizarre. And cool. Outcast, which I've not seen. So I need to cram the episodes of Outcast in, in the past w in the next week to try and watch it. Yeah. It's be quite embarrassing going are you in the show or what yeah yes i'm the lead okay <laughs> right and your name is yeah <laughs> so, you are it's andrew lincoln oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it says that you only have six episodes to watch that's not bad yeah that's that's doable isn't yeah, it yeah i think so um and the walking dead i'm up to date with other than the last season right. which i prefer to binge watch that program it works better so i'm okay with the walking dead one but yeah it's just kind of weird. You get these press emails through, and you're like, "What? 
Why am I? <laughs> why am I being invited to go hang out with a Walking Dead cast? But I'm not going to knock it. No, that's awesome, man. I want my Oliver Stone one though. I want Oliver Stone to go. Do you fancy having lunch? It's like yes, please. <laughs> man, I wish so I had fun. some sort of connection that uh, could help you with your quest, but I have zero. So, oh, I'll get there. Yeah, I'll, I'll either get there or I won't, and well, I'll be very and, you interested. You know, perhaps if you were to take Jake with you. And then Jake is the one who's running around going, Oliver Stone! Oh, my God! And then so you just let him be the decoy. It's like Army of Two. You know what I mean? So he has all the gold, shiny weapons, and he has the whatever the hell that was called where you know everybody's shooting at him. And then you just sneak right on in. And Mr. Stone, you know? Yeah. I just think that maybe, maybe that would work. And then I'll be there, unbeknownst to either of you, shooting the whole thing, and then that becomes my documentary. How, that, <laughs> exactly. how the world ties into Army of Two and why the hell do you want to fuck it up with the third one, right? Okay, so. Totally, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Thursday is trying to hunt down Oliver Stone right. in a good way. Right. And then <laughs> Saturday is, I, did, I did, made the mistake of going onto YouTube and typing San Diego Comic-Con open doors um, rush. Right. And it showed me a video, and it's like, oh, my God. It looks like something at the beginning of Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Or Saving Private Ryan. Or like possibly, in Braveheart, you know. where they're running, and yeah. they're, yeah, at each other and stuff. Yeah. Yep. The only thing that was missing was horses. <laughs> other than that, it's Braveheart pretty much nailed it. So <laughs> should be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my week so far has just been gobbled up by prepping for that and whatnot, which is good, but, you know. I've watched a few bits and pieces. Have you watched a film called No Escape starring Owen Wilson? No. And, uh, oh, that was his, um, okay, honey, we're in the third world nation. We're going to get to the roof and I'm going to fend for your, for, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Because, I mean, number one, Owen Wilson to me is more comedic, but I don't always, you know, like, he, he just annoys me. Um, of, of, overall, there's been a couple of movies where I thought, hey, that was, that was pretty good. But, you know, like as the really teen Einstein cowboy, that was that. That's all right in the uh, the what was it the museum movies. Yep. Other than that, I, but so for him to say, "Oh no, I need to reinvent myself as drama as a badass," and I'm like, "Yeah, not going to happen for me." So was the movie any good? It is such a good film. No I am, way, man. I'm I'm exactly <laughs> the same with Owen Wilson. So so is Annette, right? Because a filmmaker, Ronnie Thompson, who's a UK filmmaker over here, he'd been tweeting about it. I'm watching No Escape again, and I'm what? like, okay. I said, is this like the Ray Liotta one when he's st- like Lord of the Flies type thing, the old sci-fi one from right. years ago? And he went, no, no, it's the Owen Wilson one. I'm like, any good? He went, it's amazing. Wow. So I thought, well, I'll take a recommendation. I always give them out, so I might as well take them. <laughs> and it's on Amazon Prime Video. So I thought, I'll watch it. No way. Huh. It's, it's really good. It is. He, he, goes, he goes to a third world country. I think it's like Laos or something like that. It's one of the ones next to Vietnam. Right. And he goes out in the morning and he goes into this little shop and he is like, um, you know, have you got an American newspaper? And the guy gives him a blank look and he's like, uh, okay. So he just ends up getting his newspaper and he goes out and he looks to his left. The street's just deserted for some reason. It's like, huh? where's everybody gone? Right. He looks to his left and there is probably about a hundred police officers walking up the street with riot shields. Huh. And he's like, oh, and he looks to his right. And there's about a hundred gang members coming up with various weapons. And he's, he's stuck in the middle. It's like, <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> and a, a coup basically breaks out in the country. Yeah. And for the full duration of the film, it's him trying to get his family out, and it's such a good film. Wow. It's really, really good. And I, I totally agree with Owen Wilson to the point when, the, well, when the credits came on, and Owen Wilson was in it, Annette went, 
Ugh. <laughs> Which is pretty much what we do when Owen Wilson comes right. out. Like, oh, really? Oh, for God's sake. Um, but it was an amazing film. It's really good. So, uh, Pierce Brosnan's in it. So you got him in there. What? Yeah, yeah Pierce Brosnan. Of course he was... As a cockney. Yeah. As a cockney. Right. All right, mate. All right. What's going on here tonight? Let's get out of here. Pick that, pick that brick up. Chuck it out in, mate. You know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Then he uh, start doing that broad church, you know, I'm angry. I'm angry. And I'm just like, hey, he's pissed off. I, I need subtitles on, right? Yep. No, 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 sub, no subtitles. It wasn't quite Brad Pitt and Snatch. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely worth watching yeah so. all right well i will check it out and it's called no escape is that right no es- no escape well, yep. for whatever reason like it's i have uh lou Ayers and then a patrick dempsey version and then uh i don't know cindy diaz adolfo for whatever so i don't know man I- i'll find it eventually but yeah. i pulled it up i was hoping to go ahead and add it to the queue and then just keep on rolling and then uh michelle and i'd watch it later so yeah you can find it on Owen Wilson's less than perfect filmography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the there's the poster where he's running with his mouth open like he's hoping to catch some flies. Maybe he's hungry. I don't know. I mean, probably months ago when it hit the cinemas, I get a lot of press releases and stuff through. Right. And now and again, it'll say at the bottom, "Would you require a screener disc?" Which is basically a free copy of the right. film. So, and you, I used to just go, "Yes, I'll have everything," but now it's like I don't have time to watch everything, so I'm very choosy right. about what I watch. Um, and I got this said through, and it's like, would you like a screener? I'm like, no, you're right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> and I run the article and stuff anyway, but right. it's, yeah, it's a very good film. Well, cool, man. I did check out Beta Test, and you've seen that, right? No, I haven't. That's one of the ones that I want to check, yeah. but San Diego Comic Con's getting in the way. Right. So what's your thoughts? Or what's the pitch of Beta Test? Um, you know, in a way, it, it, it almost seems inspired by Gamer. You remember that one with uh, Gerard yep. Butler, and um, I can't remember the, the kid that controlled him, but um, that took place, if I remember correctly, it was like they were using prisoners to fight and they were, uh, you know, like there was betting involved, betting anything you can bet on. It's, there's going to be uh, gambling. So, um, but this was different in that, um, there was this gamer who didn't know that he was controlling, um, uh, another human. He just thought it was in a game and it was kind of GTA. So he went in and, um, I think it was a bank heist or something. So anyway, then he, uh, decides he's going to pause to, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever. And he overhears on the news that what he just did in the game actually happened. So that's kind of the premise of the, uh, of the, the movie. But the trailer looks great. I'm assuming you've seen that. I'll try to uh, tweet that out later. But, yeah, I mean, like, obviously an independent film, uh, a guy out of Seattle uh, wrote and directed it. And this is, I think, his fourth or fifth feature film. And, you know, but I, I applaud his efforts, man. I mean, you know, it was, it was a solid movie. I watched it with uh, Michelle and Abby. So you're getting two views, adult and teenager. And we all enjoyed it. I mean, you know. The, the 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 heavy critique could you know have a couple of flaws or potholes and stuff or or plot holes yep. but but I, I enjoyed it we thought it was you know very cool and enjoy and then uh, what's his name Manu Bennett or whatever his name is from uh, he plays Slade on uh, Arrow and so he's in it and of course he's still my <laughs> Abby's question was is that really the way he talks Dad because she's a big Arrow fan but you know he really he kind of it's always this horse kind of thing, you know? And uh, so, you know, I, I have no idea. I'm going to probably look him up on uh, YouTube and get an interview. And he really talks like this, you know? So you never know, man. You never know. He might talk like David Beckham does. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm David Beckham. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you would recommend checking out beta test though. definitely yeah good yeah yeah because sometimes there are just too many films out there yeah <laughs> it's, and it's not a bad thing i suppose you know I'd rather too many films than not enough but right. i often struggle but you know when when you and i were teenagers going to the to the uh movie theater i mean literally it was hard to catch them on tv so we would try to catch them in the movie theater and you know, I mean, like, you know, three a week and we're done. But now we have so many on both the the national, international, foreign films, independent films. It really could take up all of our time. And if we could get paid enough per hour, it could and probably that would. would. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yep. Yeah, it would. <laughs> but tweets are free. So, all right, man. <laughs> tweets are. Yeah, I'm sorry, my website articles. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. So, what else have you been watching? Anything? Oh, let me pull back up my list, Amazing. man. It's I, usually I have like show notes which I took in great detail, and then um, because I'm ready for the VHS to DVD to Blu-ray and all that discussion. Oh yeah. Up. So then I was like, oh wait a minute, we're also going to talk movies and stuff. So yeah, man. Uh, did we talk since I uh, watched uh, or rewatched Mighty Joe Young? Yes, okay. we did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's off the list. We watched Goosebumps, and that was okay. that was actually good. I mean, like it was creative. Jack Black is always funny. Um, in the movie, do you know the premise? Um, vaguely. He's R.L. Yeah. Stein, and his books are magic, and you can't open them without releasing the the beast inside, right? And so it's kind of cool in that instead of just simply doing a miniseries uh, bringing each book to life, this was just like a, a standalone story where, um, you know, where a, the, this kid inadvertently opens up one of the books and then, bam, this uh, the abominable snowman comes out. And then um, we learned that the only way to get them, you know, like to, to put them back in the book is to get close enough, which is scary. And then you open the book and then they are pulled back into the pages and everybody's safe. But uh, this one ventriloquist dummy who was also voiced by Jack Black, who, by the way, I think could do a great Joker for the animated series whenever, you know, I mean, like, if you can't get Mark Hamill, like, he just says, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to retire and love life and, you know, live it to the fullest. Jack Black, I think, could do a very good Joker. But anyway, um, so Slappy, the ventriloquist dummy, gets out and then starts setting all these animals, this, these creatures free, and burns the book so that you can't put them back in. So anyway, that's what R.L. Stein and this group of teenagers has to go and try to fix before the apocalypse is, is global. Okay. Yeah. Was that too much information? I don't know. No, <laughs> there is no such thing as too much information. <laughs> but I would recommend uh, it, man. Yeah. We all uh, there were, you know, um, again, it was me and Michelle, and then uh, our ten-year-old, fourteen-year-old, and twenty-year-old. Uh, so you know, I mean, like we were all watching it. We all thought it was funny and enjoyed it until the closing credits. So. Do you ever, when you're watching a film in like an audience with all your family members, yeah. is there ever like? One who's that was amazing, and I was like, that was the worst film I've ever seen. Yes. Is it ever that far apart? Yes. Well, and at least Abby tries to have some sort of, uh, you know, like I think um, some of the kids will say, yeah, it was pretty good, and then that's, you know, they really don't have much of an opinion on there unless it was phenomenal. And then it was like, wow, that was amazing. But Abby, her thing to say is, yeah, dad, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I, I'm glad I saw it once and I never want to see it again. So, 
Wow. Yeah. Which film? I mean, have you got a couple of examples of those? Um, Flash Gordon, which granted was a hell of a lot more dated than I remember it being back in the eighties. Uh-huh. Eh, you know, but yeah. it has the Queen soundtrack. So, but during the fi- but of course, all the Hawkmen have you know like uh, short shorts, like Richard Simmons shorts, which my kids don't even know who Richard Simmons is. But yes, yeah, so. Maybe that was disturbing. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it was. And then the Queen music is just kind of like sampled in little bits near the end, you know. And, and I, But still, I enjoyed it. And, and Abby said it was fine, but she just felt like it was a little bit long. And then, um, gosh, I cannot remember. Um, I was trying to think of another one. Um, ironically, when this was years ago, we watched Cannonball Run with Emily, who was then, I think, 18, and she laughed all the way through it. Matt uh, threw in the towel halfway through and said, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, And then Blade Runner, which is one of my all-time favorites, Emily said, that's just a bit slow, Dad. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, that's one of I've had the same sort of thoughts of Blade Runner, not so much now, but, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, where Blade Runner is one of those that I watch it, and while I'm watching it, I'm like, this film's really slow, right. blah, blah, blah. But then right. a few days afterwards, I'm like, I love Blade Runner. Yeah. It's just one of those, because it is a very slow film. So is the first Star Wars. Oh, when you yeah. look at it, it's like, oh, yeah. but it's still a classic. Oh, so. yeah. Well, that and I get into the architecture, going back to Blade Runner. The technology is so high tech yet dated. It's the whole world and the flavor infused within it and everything. So I get wrapped up in every bit of it. But it is a slower paced movie but it's evenly placed paced throughout I, I you know some of these movies that start off really fast and then the middle of it is just like damn that could have been a short film that didn't take an hour and then it picks back up and you're you know you're like ah yeah i still don't like it but at least the ending was worth you know sitting through it for three hours so yeah are you excited about the blade runner sequel I don't know what to think about it. I mean, you know, it's, I guess, um, and I've said this so many times before, but I mean, you know, with Michelle, I'm happy. So therefore I'm, I'm a bit less of an ass when it comes to they cast so-and-so for that. They're going to remake that movie. They're idiots, you know? So now I'm just like, you know, I don't know what to think about uh, a Blade Runner sequel. It, you know, Harrison Ford's attached. Um, you know, is it going, what is, what is it going to do? I I don't know, man. But I mean, you know, after watching Harrison Ford in, um, oh, what is it? Um, Star Wars. Oh, well, Star Wars, but then, oh, and Ender's Game you mentioned on your show. Age of Adeline in particular. Oh yeah, it was in it. Oh my gosh, man. He pulled out all the stops and I'm like, damn, the man can still act. So, um, so yeah, I'm intrigued, man. Uh, But I don't know. It's one of those things that will probably pop up on my radar. Somebody will say, hey, have you seen this trailer? The movie comes out tomorrow. And I'll be like, damn, well, I'm, I know what I'm doing this weekend. So uh, it's. I used to keep up with movies, and and I think probably Boondock Saints two is what started killing my hunger to watch sequels, and uh, you know, and like the trailer looked good, and I'm like, wow, I can't wait to go see this. And then yeah, I, I saw it opening weekend and was very disappointed, and that was it. I don't even own it on DVD, so yeah. No, the only Boondock Saints thing I own is the DVD of Overnight. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> which is an amazing document yes it is <laughs> it is very good and sadly i know people that did the that whole thing you know it's kind of like um just watch this person and don't do anything that they're doing so yeah i've known a couple of people that did that same thing they just started you know letting their egos in just get out of proportion and then uh, their world exploded and then they're like damn i'm i have nothing 
<laughs> so I'm the opposite. I'm like, I don't know why I get to where I get to, but I'm just happy I get there. Right, so right. It's, but see, you but know. you have the right attitude, man. So you're like Bullock, and you're just like, yeah, man, all's good, dude. Just let it flow, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I printed out the – it's currently an eight-page script of all the stuff that I'm putting together for the film that I'm doing, the Comic-Con nice. one. And I printed it out and I showed Annette it this morning. So you can just go through it and because there's a lot of voiceover and stuff in it mm-hmm. because of the way you know that that it costs and all that sort of stuff. Right. So there's a lot of voiceover and I'd had the line in there which was along the lines of um, filmmakers who, for whatever reason, decide to let me into their world. Right. And she sorry, I got when she got to that bit, she went. And I'm like, what? She went, why would you keep doing that? I'm like, doing what? She put yourself down. I'm like, and what's that? <laughs> So she, she read the line out, and I'm like, but it's true. I don't know why they let me in. She said, yeah, but you don't have to keep saying it. I'm like, okay, we'll change it slightly, right. but I still want to keep the bit. Because I ain't got a clue why. But I'm, right. you know, I'm not I'm not cocky enough to go, oh, yes, it's because I'm a massive media outlet. <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can word it like, you know, uh, filmmakers' worlds that I have joined, as though yeah. you're doing us a favor, which you are, man. You promote the shit out of all of our stuff. So, And you're very complimentary, or at least you keep those negative thoughts tucked away in a journal that will eventually come out in 20 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never write things like that, no, man. That we will know of, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> under a pseudonym right um, so yeah so it's things like that but i did this week i did manage to check out because it's on digital now the batman v superman ultimate cut oh really and how was that i haven't seen the theatrical cut so i'm not com- i can't compare but was it was that to- worth watching definitely really yeah okay. definitely it was three hours five minutes and and i sat down the night and we you know put it on and we watched it and the music's amazing and i really like Zack snyder's visuals yeah they're the same in all his films. Right. There's just, you know, there's this the same sort of shots, right. but it's the same sort of shots in all Michael Bay films, but they're fun as well. Right. Um, there were only a couple of bits in it that I got a little bit confused on because there's a couple of dream sequences in it. And you know that thing in a movie where something happens and you're like, oh, I'm a bit conf- oh yeah, it's a dream. Right. There's a couple of those in it which threw me. <laughs> right. But when, once you know their dreams, you're like, oh yeah, I've caught up again. So there's maybe only, and in three hours, it's not bad if you've got two bits where you're like, um, uh, okay. Was that like oh, yeah, Kevin yeah, Smith caught- going to see it? And there, there's one that opens the movie, right? Yeah, I mean, the one that opens the movie is blatantly, you could spot it okay. a mile off. But there's another one later on. Oh, I gotcha. Because Kevin Smith is, was like, man, this is, whoa, wait a minute. They're, what the hell? That's not in the Batman story. And then, of yeah. course, he, it was corrected because it's just a dream sequence. So. Any worries I had about Eisenberg as um, as Luther? It's fine. He's fine. Really? He's a bit, he's a bit weird in the trailer, isn't he? You're like, oh, no, we're going to like him. Yeah. But throughout the film, it's he's fine. Um, the whole Wonder Woman thing, people go, oh, she's amazing. She's very underused. She's not in it that much. Right. She's all right when she's in it, right. but she's just not. So I don't quite see the whole, wow, she's great. Because it's not enough of her to be great, right. if that makes sense. Sure. But I, I really liked it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you've got to sort of be a Zack Snyder fan, though. Right. Which I mean, it's very stylized, and oh but, god, yeah. Um, yeah. Which you know, but in the trailer where Wonder Woman goes, Wah! you know, very three hundred jumping through the air, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell is this shit? You know. So, um, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it comes out here on Blu-ray sometime in the middle of the month. So 
Yeah, it's like about 19th of July, I think it comes out on, on physical disc over there. Right. And then we get it on actual disc in August. Really? Um, <laughs> but I did actually, I looked up to see what the differences were, because it's pretty much seamless. Mm-hmm. You can't go, oh, that's obviously a new bit. And there's massive subplots that are chopped out. There's whole characters that just weren't <laughs> in the theatrical. Right that have relevance as to other scenes why they're in the film. So I don't know how the film would have worked. I guess it didn't. Yeah. With without those characters in it. You're like, right. I mean, if they're if they're not in it, that wouldn't happen. Right. And if how the hell did they explain that happening <laughs> if they're not in it? So it's it is interesting. Once you watch the ultimate cut, yeah. then just go online and go, what's the differences? And it's quite interesting what they've done with it. I think but a, all in all I really liked it. Yeah. I think a lot of people just felt like they were watching a, a really rough, rough cut of the movie when it was in theaters. And so there was a lot of complaints with, you know, why the hell did this happen? Uh Bruce Wayne staring out the window for seemingly three hours, you know, if you if you pull out the time in whatever. And yeah, there's just a lot of things that um people did not like. So I'm glad that uh the the ultimate cut or whatever is is solid because I'm I'm a comic book fan. I want to like this movie, and so yeah, I'll I'll check it out as soon as it hits. Yeah, but just expect lots of Zack Snyder visuals, quite a lot of slow motion. Right. That's what Zack Snyder does as well. Right, and it does look like a comic book. We should which is, we should just call it Zack Snyderisms. We should do. Yeah. Yep. Right. Sn- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, definitely. But I enjoyed it. I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. I definitely don't join the league of people that hate it. <laughs> um, I think it's just very different from the Chris Nolan right. Batman ones. And it's too soon to have gone from that one to this one. So people are expecting right. Dark Knight Rises Part 2. Right. And then they're, in fact, getting the guy who did Sucker Punch and Watchmen doing it. And it's very, very yeah. different. Ben Affleck's amazing yeah. as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, so I wonder what, yeah. you know, because during all the denial, uh, you know, public denials, like, oh, no, I'll play Batman again, but I would never think of directing it. It's too big a movie. And now he's evidently writing and directing and producing the next Batman movie. So do you think he will stay on track with what Nolan did or will he um, make it his own and it be much more of a gritty detective kind of movie? Yeah, I think he'll do what Batman v Superman Huzz, mm-hmm. but he needs to sort of dial it down slightly because he's not a Zack Snyder director, is right, he? Not you, know, you watch Argo and the town and stuff, he does more realistic, but they can't jump style too much. Yeah. Or then the, the audience will just be out, you know, gunning for him. I don't know. I think it's just very hard for any filmmaker to make a film fan happy now. Ghostbusters comes out next week, so. Good luck to Paul Feig right. and all the cast for that one when the internet <laughs> blows up in everybody's face. Well, probably what's going to happen is all these haters will suddenly become lovers and they're like, wait, I was crying because it really, it was, it honored the original Ghostbusters. And so anyway, I'm going to go watch it. And I wasn't until everybody started hating it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it my box office money. Right. So I think it's just, it's a film at the end of the day. If you don't like it, don't worry about it. There's right. plenty more. That's right, man. And you've been entertained, like Gladiator said. Have you not been entertained? Oh, sure, man. Exactly. We just wish you had killed him a little slower, you know? <laughs> you did it wrong. You, you molested my childhood. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely crazy. So yeah. what's going on in your uh, your media world, anyway? Are you working on anything that you could talk about? or You know, um, gosh, man, there's been this idea that I've had for a while, probably for three years, showing you how you know, old, but yet it's um, – anyway, but it's – it's more or less a 
a family kind of uh, uh, story, right? Um, that deals with uh, the family dog. And I don't want to give too much away. No. Because I, you know, I mean, like, uh, Neil will be listening to your podcast later. So, you know, kind of, it's not on a foreign planet or anything with a beautiful woman with sci fi. <laughs> Tracy, right? <laughs> Tracy Birdsall and Brooke Lewis aren't in it. That's so. right. That's right. Not yet, anyway. So, anyway, okay. they, uh, but no, but it's a story that some stories are just tough to tell via the screen, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try writing a novel. So, who do I get up with? Charity Parkerson. Who writes yep. books that are not family friendly, but yet I know she knows her stuff because she's successful, right? So anyway, she very kindly sends me this document that shows me the correct format and all this other stuff. Because I've been writing screenplays for decades now. But when it comes to a novel, man, I don't want to like, you know, do like uh, Congo, the book, where it's kind of like, you know, evidently at the end it was like, oh, wait a minute, we've met our quota. Ah, oh, man, uh, hot air balloon, they're out of there, bam, the end. So, you know, I wanted to tell a complete story, but I didn't want it to be like uh, Stephen King's The Stand, where someone's like, wow, man, this is thicker than the Bible, and it is intimidating me. So, anyway, so I got some pointers from Charity, who, who she and I keep up with uh, each other via Facebook a lot of times. So, um, so that's probably, you know, I'm going to kind of dive into that this summer. My daughter, um, Abby loves writing. So she has this uh, book idea that she's been writing on for like the last year. So she and I are going to kind of challenge each other to have writing sessions where, you know, we'll, I guess, listen to, you know, like each of us will have headphones on, but yet, you know, I'm sitting there. So she's going to sit there and see how far we can get um, writing these stories. But that's really, you know, there's, if I could, um, I'm kind of thinking about getting a drone um, one of the high-end ones that shoots all sorts of uh, fantastic video formats and, and uh, you know, uh, very crisp pictures and stuff. And if once I get that, it'll actually be for another video project that's an industrial, you know, I won't say it's boring, but I mean, it's not like, you know, some beautiful lady on a planet with uh, planets exploding behind her and she has cool weapons. So, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but there is a three and a half page short film that I wrote that really tells an entire story in three and a half pages. I, I was, that was my challenge to myself. Oh, so if I get the drone, then I will go into production and shoot that, uh, three and a half minute short film. And it sounds crazy. Three and a half minute short film. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Vanell's already signed on to be in it. Uh, as the main character and yeah man but so it's it's kind of cool and uh nice. once once i'm done i'll send you a screener digitally so oh, yeah. <laughs> check out check out a book called stephen king on writing oh okay uh, which is a book written by stephen king but it's not a story one it's just him he's written a book about how he writes books it's really good oh that's cool man okay so that's been out a few years but it's obviously it's timeless because it's just about <laughs> how he writes stories and stuff but that's really interesting okay so. man that would probably help because i've read i've read i've written i have read different books on screenwriting and even took john truby's course back in the um, gosh, man, I guess it was early nineties. And so anyway, you know, but that's all script writing and this is different, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you can do so much more, but then maybe less is more. I don't know, man. You know, it's a shot in the dark. So <laughs> well, the very, very best of luck with the writing. Well, thanks man. So. What about you? Me? Um, ugh, I don't know. I'm just, um, I was talking to Annette this morning about the whole Comic-Con thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm really nervous. I said, well, I don't think I'm nervous. Actually, I just want to get started. Right. I just want to start shooting stuff now rather than think, well, in 10 days I'm going to be doing it. I just want to 
I want to get it done. Right. So, have you thought about doing uh, like they did in Avatar, and you sit down at the end of every day and talk into your uh, recording device and just say, uh, "Today I did so and so," and just have like a vlog that just kind of chronicles every day to try to gain more attention and and uh, you know about going to Comic Con, and then maybe more people will uh, see you, recognize you, and approach you out there, and you know. Possibly, I did even ponder getting T-shirts printed with like something on it, but I never went down that avenue. I think I'm just going to mingle, <laughs> and I'm just going to wander. I've got loads of business cards to right. take over there, so I'm just going to go incognito and just walk up to people and go, "I'm shooting this thing. Yeah. Here's my business card. Follow me on Twitter, and you'll see all the updates." And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and then just wing it that way. Yeah. Um, as for the end of days, sort of vlog things, I'll probably end up doing those for the film anyway. Yeah, that's because. Cool, man. I, I did one when I was trying to buy tickets for Comic-Con in the first place. That is the funniest clip ever because it's like, woo, going to get tickets, going to get tickets. I'm still waiting in a queue. <laughs> I'm still here. Right. It's been, a, it's been, a, it's been an hour. <laughs> I really don't think I'm going to get any tickets. <laughs> oh, God, I failed. I didn't get any tickets. <laughs> so it's this whole thing. So it's quite, it goes from yay to uh-oh <laughs> in there in a couple of minutes when I edit it all down. But I just shot everything for an hour. Oh, um, just for so now? Oh, man. See, I was just yeah. picturing, you know, like, I shall not shower nor shave until I get these tickets. So it's like a month and a half, man. You start looking, you know, kind of disheveled. And you're like, please, let it happen today, you know? Oh, God, no, no, no. It's all, I mean, the booking process is quite, I would say, simple, but it's the most stressful, awful booking process ever. Right. To get tickets to San Diego, six percent chance of getting tickets. Good lord, man, those are awful. Huh? No, good, not good. <laughs> because they go, oh, you've got to sign up in order to get tickets, right? And you go, okay, so you sign up about two years in advance, and you go, brilliant, that's that done. Right. Hey, you'll get an email, and you click on the link, and you go in a waiting room, and then you'll go to the thing, and you might be able to buy tickets. You go, sorry, it sounds pretty easy enough. Yeah. You get your email through, you click on the link, it says, yep, in an hour and a half, you can be, uh, you can click to this link and go into this waiting room. Oh, not a problem. Hour and a half, okay, fair enough. And then you just sit there watching this circle go round and round and round. And you're looking on Twitter and people are like, just got my tickets. You look at your screen, you're still waiting. People are like, oh, no, Saturday's sold out. Oh, no. And you're like, oh, still waiting. Oh, no, Friday's now gone. Oh, no. Oh, still waiting. Oh, the only tickets left now are in toilets. You're like, oh. Nope, still waiting, still waiting. It's so it's the most stressful thing ever. It's it's horrible, wow. but there is no other way to do it, right? Unless you so. hire someone to do all that for you. So you're out on the back deck watching the uh, the the waves roll into the beach, and you're you're <laughs> sucking down your margarita, and uh, yeah, in the shade, and you have some, you know, uh, I I won't say it's Annette because I don't want to belittle her, no. but you have somebody else fanning you because. Annette should be fanned as well as she sits okay. on those margaritas. Yeah, so yeah, totally. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs> so I, I may do the vlogs, um, but yeah, it's pretty much just getting everything ready for San Diego, watching for the schedules coming out and right. stuff like that. So, dude, that's cool. Very cool. I'm looking but forward to to you. And, you know, I read somewhere that they're actually going to have uh, Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi available. Yeah, so that's got to help you out too. Free Wi-Fi. They got free shuttle buses everywhere, mm-hmm. so they are fair play at San Diego. They're doing an amazing job of of preparing for right. this influx of however many people. Well, they're taking over the city. Pretty much, Comic Con yeah. is all that will be going on, right? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm making time. We're saving time so that we can go to the San Diego Zoo and go to SeaWorld because we've never done them. So, oh, nice. We're gonna we're gonna do that. I don't think I could survive four days nonstop of every hour of Comic Con. I think I would die. Right. Um. But we're gonna. I'm gonna do a lot of it, obviously. But I'll have a couple of afternoons off or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and we're there for a week, so yeah. we've got a few days anyway. So, just fun and games. And then once I get back, August there will be no new podcasts recorded but there will be some uploaded there'll be no new podcasts recorded because it's just me editing that's it yeah <laughs> non-stop editing trying to because i've i did originally start editing and turned it into something but i thought i'm going to scrap it because i don't know what i'm going to shoot right so it might change the whole dynamic and strangely enough it did so i just scrapped everything i had done and i'm going to start from the very very beginning and uh, build it all up over a month hopefully so <laughs> We shall see. In the hope of trying to find a job as well, I need to find a everyday nine to five ish right. job that pays bills. Because past couple of years, I've not right, I've not worked, so I've been burning through savings and stuff. So yeah, because if, if you're like journey. me, it's you know, I mean, like, and I never really had any you know uh, expansive dreams of I'll be a podcaster and then I'll be making you know like uh, like. Rhett and Link and some of these other guys who have their own shows and it's just kind of talk shows and you know now they live in LA and they probably make a million a year you know so I never had any of those aspirations but I was thinking at least I'd get some swag in periodically you know which we did in the beginning and then after that not so much so yeah I'm with you man that thus voiceover design editing you know so <laughs> just everything yep everything <laughs> Well, we shall wrap up this episode, Sounds and then good. we're going to reconvene, and we're going to learn about what it's like for you to watch movies in your house. So that'll be fun Sounds on good. that one. Yeah. Cool. Freedom.
Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.